Welcome back to the Don't Stop Me Now podcast. I am your host, Jennifer Vaughn. I am also HIV positive. I keep forgetting to say that. I wanted to say that in the beginning of every podcast. I've sort of blown it and I kind of forgot to do that. So because people that hear me for the first time shouldn't have to go through, you know, great pains of trying to figure out if the host is actually positive or not. I should probably just say it in the beginning. Although it isn't like my my description on Podbean. So maybe that goes out to everybody if they look up the description of my channel. I th- my God, I think I've included it. It should be in there. Okay, so um, <laughs> I need to make a confession right away because um, it's already starting to ha- affect me. Um, wait, I'm going to do one thing first. I want to say that um, U equals U um, means undetectable equals untransmittable. And it's very important for people living with HIV and for people who are not living with HIV, people that have no idea about anything about HIV anymore. And they think you get it and then you get really sick and then you die. Like that's what a lot of people still think, but that is not the case today. We have amazing medication and we take a pill a day, typically most of us. Um, or now like my friend, Edward Cyberhomo. Um, on Instagram, he's getting two shots in his butt once every month right now, and then it might be once every two months at some point of Cabanuva. So, you know, sometimes we're taking pills, sometimes we're getting a shot in the butt. Either way, we're living very normal lives, and um, people need to know about U equals U. So, what it means is that when somebody living with HIV who's taking their medication on a regular basis, meaning every day, um, they will get to a level of viral load that is called undetectable, meaning that when they run the test, they can't, you know, at the lab and it's looking for HIV. I shouldn't just say the test because um, we have that test run every um, time we have our blood taken when we're HIV positive and they check for our viral load. When the lab equipment can't find the viral load, meaning they can't find HIV in our free flowing blood, they say we are undetectable. And when we are undetectable, which actually is a much higher number than zero, for in regards to U equals U and its safety, um, they say it's 200 and below, which um, I know the number's a little bit higher than that because that's very conservative because government, um, you know, organizations are agreeing with U equals U, so they have to, you know, it's, they have to keep the number really conservative. But my point is, is that when somebody living with HIV is undetectable, taking their medication every day, their viral load is undetectable, and for U equals U, it's 200 and under, um, they cannot transmit HIV. It's impossible. It's been proven beyond a reasonable doubt. So it was based on five different studies, I believe it was five, and um, all included people that were HIV positive, who were undetectable, they were taking their medication, and they all had HIV negative partners. They did not use any kind of protection. There was no condoms at all. Maybe they were taking birth control if it was a male and a female, but there were no condoms involved. And so um, with all the studies, some were men with men, some were, you know, hetero couples. They found that um, no one transmitted the virus, not even once. So, and it was like 150,000 condomless sexual acts amongst all of these couples over these five studies. So yes, it's proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And we can all say that U equals U, undetectable equals untransmittable. Okay, I wanted to get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> what I need to confess to now is that I took an edible 45 minutes ago, almost 50 minutes ago, 
it's good that I can still figure that part out. Um, it was a 10 milligram gummy and I feel like I'm getting a little bit more tolerance. So I felt safe taking it. Actually, I probably ate eight milligrams of it. So there's just a little slice that I didn't, I just left that little bit because I was a little afraid to do the full 10 before I did this podcast. Cause I knew I was going to do this podcast, um, with an edible in my system. So, uh, right now I can definitely feel the effects of it. Like I'm talking and I'm not really sure kind of like, I know what I just said, but it's getting foggy. It's definitely getting foggy. And, um, yeah, what else? See, I'm losing track of what I'm doing. Okay, so <laughs> I took the edible. I wanted to see how this, this might be total shit. I'm going to have to like scrap this tomorrow morning and start over. Um, speaking of tomorrow, Cyber Homo, which is, um, he's, I was going to say he's at Edward on Instagram. No, his name's Edward and he's at Cyber Homo on Instagram. Woo! Um, he is going to be stopping by my house tomorrow. It's the first time we've ever met. He's been on my podcast and he's been on my Instagram lives. He's the one that recently got the dose of Cabanuva in his butt cheeks. And um, he said he was having a little bit of an anxiety attack before he left for his trip a few days ago because he could not find his pills. And then it dawned on him that he didn't need to find the pills because he doesn't need to take a pill. They even tell you, do not take a pill. Like you've got it all in your system. You don't need any more. Cause I think some people might get nervous after they get the injection and might think oh, maybe it's not working. I might become detectable. And so they, I think they've already thought about that and they're telling people, be sure you do not take any pills. You do not need to, you've got everything you need going on in your system. So, um, so yeah, so cyber homo is going to be here tomorrow and, um, I can't wait to meet him. We'll definitely put some pictures on Instagram and yeah, it's, it's great. I don't know really what we're doing. I think he's going to continue on his trip. So he probably won't be here long because he has to go all the way down to San Diego, which is like eight hours. He's going to be driving forever tomorrow, but I, he can stay here. I told him, you know, if he wanted to, he could. Oh, I just realized you guys are going to hear this on Monday. And um, I'm actually recording this like two days before. So um, I'm going to see him tomorrow, Sunday. So by the time Monday happens, um, he will have already been here. So you'll just have to wait till next week, I guess, for me to tell you about um, my little get together with Edward. So um, yeah, I'm excited about that. Okay, so let's see. Uh, I need to keep focusing because I thought it was going to take like an hour and 45 minutes. I don't know why I thought that amount of time, but I did not expect it to um, start working this quickly. So, <laughs> um, and I might be, oh God, I don't know. I'm going to read part of an article. That might be hard. We'll see. Um, so a Tinder uh, now hinge uh, update. So Tinder, what's the latest? Um, I've, I've decided I, I hate Tinder and I think it's kind of just a joke at this point. It's not, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just mean and yucky and, very shallow. Um, so I went on hinge, Joey told me to go on hinge, but, um, which is definitely more, I don't know the, the quality of people is better. Um, they seem a little more grounded and like looking for a relationship, which is part of the problem. Okay. I'll get back to that. Cause people keep asking me, what do I want? And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I can't say that I want a relationship because I don't, I really like not having to worry about anybody but myself and it's maybe very, you know, selfish of me, but you know, it is 
a lot of work to have a relationship that's a whole nother person. You need to think about their feelings and what they like and you don't want to say the wrong thing. There's so many things. So I'm like really relieved that I don't have to think about those things right now. It's all about me and my kids and my animals and that's it. So the thought of like somebody else joining my life in some way and me, no. I can't even say it. Like introducing my kids to somebody. No, I don't want that. I don't want anyone in my house. I don't want, I mean, it's really terrible, but I don't. The more I've thought about it, I'm like this. So, you know, so why am I even looking? I don't know. It is, it is fun to say hi to people for sure. And the possibility that I could eventually, or there might be somebody out there that I might eventually match up with kind of keeps you into it, but I'm not desperate at this point to, um, be on there, like actively looking, really actively looking, hoping to find something. I'm definitely not doing that. Boy, am I having trouble focusing. I hope this is all making sense. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I really can't remember what I said like 10 seconds ago. I know I'm talking about the, um, apps, but why I don't like Tinder. Okay. But I had another thing to say about that. Um, um, oh boy. Uh, I can't remember. Um, oh my God. Okay. Why I'm on there. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, I called off the date. I've got notes here. I have to, otherwise I wouldn't be able to keep, I'm really feeling it now. Like I feel so dumb right now. Okay. So I called off the date with, Oh, age. That's what I was going to say. God, I'm going on a tangent again. I've decided to raise the age to 39 to 53 of the age of ages of people I'm looking at because, well, I have no business talking to anybody under 30. I don't know you know, that's just too young. Anybody in their thirties, it still doesn't make any sense. We're at completely different places in our lives. And more than likely those 30 year old guys are looking for some girl to go on a van trip with and, you know, do all those fun, um, in your thirties kind of things. Um, and I'm not available for any of that, nor do I want to do it. So, um, yeah, the thirties are pointless. I they may be pretty and all of that, but I'm no, I'm not, I don't want to be anybody's mommy. It's just weird. So forties, um, I feel like there's a lot of divorce men in their forties and well, especially on these apps with younger kids. So I don't really want to deal with younger kids, but I, it's worth it to look at like the forties maybe, but I, you know, I don't know if they haven't been married by now, something's wrong at 40. And then if they have been married and it's over, that's kind of comes with its own set of problems also. So I don't know, whatever. And you know, I seem to find a lot of people right at my age on hinge. So more of those show up, but okay, I got to go back to the calling off the date. So, um, I, I did call off the date for, um, which would have been right now, um, about four days ago. And basically I just, you know, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that he's 34, um, very, very nice, but, um, we are, we are in totally different places in our lives. And I did feel like I don't want to, um, lead anybody on thinking that there's a possibility of a relationship when I'm, I'm feeling like 99.9% .9 that I don't even want that anyway. So I didn't want to, um, just, there was no point really of wasting anyone's time. So I wrote a text, um, and just, yeah, I felt really bad. I told him I feel really bad, but I think it, I'm having cold feet and that too, definitely. I, I'm like, not sure I'm ready to be meeting people. I don't know. Sometimes I think I am. And sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, this is like giving me anxiety and I don't want that. So, 
Um, he was really, really nice. And he said, you know, he hasn't changed his phone number in a really long time. Like, you know, since like 2000, I think, uh, or since he was 18, that was it. And I haven't either. I've had the same phone number forever, but anyways, he said he's always, you know, available if I've, if I'm ever interested in having that dinner date. And, you know, so I have to say it was a relief. Like I'm sitting here in my sweats right now and my hair isn't washed and I don't have to be on a date right now. So I didn't have to worry about that today, but I also didn't, like I said, I didn't want to lead anybody on. Okay. So let's see what's next. I had, um, this really handsome model had to be a model looking guy, 47 years old, um, white salt and pepper hair, like longish, you know, like short, but longish on top. Like you put your fingers through it and it stands up and it's big, you know, like great hair, beautiful smile, tan, a few pictures that looked questionable as far as looking like he was a model. Like, I'm like, wow, like that's what a shot, you know, um, holding a, a, a cup of coffee with an unzipped hoodie showing his bare tan chest. It was a, yeah, it was a pretty picture. Anyways, I completely fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker, the way that he was talking to me and just, I don't know, he seems totally genuine. So he says he wants to go on, it would be better if we could be on regular phones. And I'm like, that's fine. Like share each other's phone numbers so we can just text or whatever. And he said, but I want you to get off Tinder. He goes, that's why I'm here to get a lady off Tinder. So I want you to get off. And he goes, but it's really sweet that you're still here. And I'm like, what do you like? First of all, he can't tell if I get off Tinder. All I have to do is unmatch him. And then he would not see me anymore. And he might think that I'm gone. But anyways, he, um, oh my God, I'm so stoned right now. Ah, okay. Melvin, Melvin. So he, um, yeah, I called him out on it. Basically said, send me a picture. Cause I don't believe that it's you hundred percent because your pictures aren't verified. Meaning he didn't do the verification with, um, Tinder. And so there's no, um, you don't have that, uh, what do you call it? that like safety net as a woman or whatever, or even a man on the other end, that the person in the pictures is actually the person you're talking to. And I verified myself. It just told me to take my picture two different ways, smiling with my teeth and one without. And then they just match it up with your pictures to make sure you really are that person. And then you get the blue check. It takes like a day and a half. Well, this guy hadn't done that. And he said something like, oh, I didn't know about being verified. So I kind of took his word for it. That's why I said, well, what I want in exchange for me getting off Tinder, if this guy was really real, I said, is send me a photo of you giving me the peace sign and I'll get off. Done deal. And so he never responds. And so I'm like, okay, maybe you misread my message the way I wrote it. Cause I put deal period. And I thought, wow, I meant deal like question mark, but I put deal. Like, it sounds like I'm saying you need to deal. And so I thought he got mad maybe that I was saying something about um, sharing my phone number. Or, I don't know. God, oh my God, what was I talking about? Shit, I really, really am like feeling this. I keep looking at my notes going, just try to finish the story because it's going to start going like you're going to go black pretty soon. I really do feel like everything I say, I'm like, it, I said it a long time ago or I just said it, but I can't remember it. All right, Melvin and, um, okay, so yeah, I go off uh, my phone and we are, um, uh, yeah, he never responds to my phone and I, he never sent me a picture. So whatever, I just wrote at the end of the day, you know what, um, I don't know. I said, so you aren't real, you know, and I put a sad face and I just don't know what the point of any of that is, like why anyone wastes their time with fake pictures to talk to a girl 
make her believe you're never going to meet her in real life. So maybe they think somehow they're going to end up getting pictures from me. I don't know. But anyways, that was the end of Melvin. I, sh I mean, God damn, the name was a red flag. I don't know why I fell for that because he certainly was not a Melvin. I, they must have been laughing, whoever had the account. They're on this dumb girl. Why would she continue to talk to a guy named Melvin? All right, so um, last night I went on Hinge. Joey told me to, and it's way more, I don't know, dater friendly because there's a lot more preferences on there. It gives a lot more information about you, and it seems like the quality of people is definitely higher than Tinder, where Tinder definitely seems to be a hookup app where Hinge looks like it's more relationshipy. So um, I found that I was getting way more people on Hinge that I might possibly be interested in, but then I, of course I go through the height, I go through the age, I go through, you know, could still want children, I'm just like, you know, next, next. So um, yeah, I um, have to go through all those like different categories. Oh boy, I lost what I was saying. Um, <laughs> all those categories. Is that what I was saying? No. Oh yeah. Hinge is um, more date friendly because it has a lot more preferences. That was it. Okay. So I'm going through it. I'm like really scouring their profiles because it's so different than Tinder where you have just pictures and like a very small little paragraph if, if they want to put it. So um, I'm really like carefully like reading through and kind of talking through every picture, whether I like this or that or whatever. And then I get matched up with somebody who I think wrote a question or something on one of my pictures. Anyways, we started chatting. Um, for anonymity's sake, I can't believe I just said that. Anonymity, anonym, now I'm trying and it's harder to say it. Anonymity's, anonymity, anonymity's, anonymity's, that's really hard to say. Sake. Oh, what was I going to say? Uh, oh yeah, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to, we're going to call him Lenny. So I'm talking to Lenny he is not friends with Melvin, I promise. Okay, so I'm talking to Lenny, not li literally, but like just texting. We moved to phones, so now we've exchanged each other's numbers, because I don't know, there's something like a little weird about being um, on uh, an app talking to people versus like if you give the number, then it's like you're showing this little sign that you're willing to take that next step. So we are having a good, nice conversation, kind of filling each other in briefly on our marital children type history. I confirm that he is far away from where I live, at least an hour and a half without traffic. So quite a ways away. And I asked him, you know, what he thought of that because like, what's the reality of this here? And, you know, he just said, well, if it's, you know, somebody that I feel like I could have this really quality relationship with, distance isn't an issue, which comes up later. And I'll get to that. So, um, he says distance isn't an issue. So I'm like, that's great. So, you know, we keep sharing. Um, well, no, we didn't. I shared, oh God, I'm like losing it. I shared one picture of me just in my, with my legs in the bathtub. Cause I was taking like a, a dark bath with my little, my little J lights. I've got this little J in there with these little tiny lights on it the letter J. And I just turn all the lights off in the bathroom and I turn that on um, when I'm in the bath and it just, I don't know, it just feels really nice. So I took a picture of my legs. I sent that to him and then he sent me several um, body pictures. And so um, I realized at that point that, you know, before we go any further with any of this or make a date to meet, he needs to know about me. And to be completely honest, I 
don't care at this point at all what the person will do with the response when they find out that I have, I have HIV. So, um, I don't care because I don't, there's no investment here at all. Um, even if I feel like I felt this connection, you know, and Oh God, whatever. But for me, if the reaction is, um, going to be negative, you know, then I will, um, Oh boy, what was I going to say? Then I will, if the reaction is negative, oh boy. Oh, I was talking about disclosure. <laughs> Shit. Um, um, I don't know. I can't remember what I was going to say about that. It's gone. Okay. Um, but what I will say is that, okay, exchanging pictures, I said that. Uh, okay. So yes, you need here. If you want to know everything about me, whew, save myself. If you want to know everything about me, um, just, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, boy, I am, my head is going and I'm trying so hard to like focus, but my brain's getting fuzzy. Um, what was I talking about? Oh yeah. Uh, Lenny. So I, um, tell him to check out my, just basically YouTube Jennifer Vaughn. So I send him that. I leave him a voice message as well saying, Hey, there's something I need to share with you. Like right now, um, before we go any further, you know, just do this, go to YouTube, look up Jennifer Vaughn. This was all voice message. And I said, and you'll know everything you need to know about me. And just so you know, what happened to me didn't happen from somebody I met on Tinder. I kind of wanted him to know that as a little hook. So he says, okay, wow, busy watching your videos. And then he comes back with, wow, you are amazing. Just trying to process. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, well, and yeah, I have to tell you, if he had been, okay, well, I don't want to give it away. Okay. So, um, basically what happens is he, he ends up watching for a while. I leave information via voice message for him, like in the phone, you know, just to say that, Hey, you know, <clears throat> what happened with Eric, that he was exposed to me, just so you have some information, you know, he was exposed to me before I was diagnosed for a year. He's negative. You know, women rarely transmit, you know, this, my advocacy is what's important to me, not the virus. That's a nothing to me. It's just a pill. Um, you know, you equals you. I explain all these things in this voice message. I, I made it sound good. I re-recorded it like several times. And, um, anyways, he just came back with, um, uh, I, I, what I think was a really nice message. I mean, you know, he wasn't expecting this at all, obviously. And he, you know, didn't really understand what I said, or he just couldn't handle what HIV means. I'm not sure, but, um, he very politely said that, you know, um, he thinks I'm great. He thinks I'm sexy. And he said, you know, something to the effect that he wouldn't be able to f maybe feel sexually attracted to me or whatever. I, something to that effect. I don't have the message in front of me, but, um, you know, with this circumstance. And so even though I explained what I explained, but you know, somebody is like, I understand like getting that information, just be like, Whoa, I'm, I'm backing up you know, not even going to turn around just one step behind <clears throat> just one. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, one step behind. Nope. That's not it. Anyways. Shit. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. Not, um, not being able to be okay with this. So he was really nice and just said that he didn't even see really the point in having a friendship because of the distance. So now that's where I thought that was funny. The distance playing in there, then it was, it was not going to be an issue at all before I disclosed. And then after even a friendship would be too much. So anyways, it's fine. And like I said, I do not care because there was no investment here and it's all really good 
you know, practice for me, honestly, to be able to sh disclose to people and share my status with them. Um, and it's good for me to have these experiences because they'll, they'll continue to happen for sure. And I just want to be, um, I don't know, I want to be in it so I can feel it and, um, you know, know that it's not always going to be, um, all roses. Is that what they say? Something about roses. I don't know. I can't remember. Benny, I am so stoned right now. Why are you staring at the floor? That's what I feel. He's staring at a shadow. That's what I feel like I should be doing. Oh my God. I'm so, so, um, having a hard time concentrating here. Okay. So that was that, that did not happen. I said, no worries. Totally get it. Good luck to you too. And that was the end of that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I need to check the time on this. Ooh, um, it's been 25 minutes. Wow. It feels like it's been an hour. Okay. Back to my notes. Oh, I did not do my shout outs. I'm going to do this and then I'm going to talk about, I'm going to try to talk about this article. By the way, did you know that you can, um, take your trackpad and take your index finger and your middle finger and run them together on your trackpad and it will move your whatever Oh, I'm like, why is my phone ringing? I'm looking at my phone. No, I'm not. I'm looking at my computer. Hold on. Oh, no. It's my ex-husband. I'm going to answer it. Hello? Hey. Hey. Yeah, I just want to say, I looked it up. I think Owen Place in Los Gatos on Thursday. Oh. Oh. Oh, I can go to that. Yeah. Okay. I, I yeah, can't talk I, right I, now. I, t I, uh -huh. took, I took an edible and I can't talk. Oh, right don't worry about it. I, I, do, I don't want to talk. I got to go, but I just want to <laughs> let you know that uh, the game's... Uh, Thursday. Thursday, but I got to go. I got to go. Bye. Uh, okay, goodbye. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, that was funny. The phone is ringing and I'm looking at my computer going, that must not be my phone. <laughs> it was. Okay, shout out to... I need to take a sip of water now. My mouth is getting um, all dry. Doesn't that happen? Cotton mouth? Mm. that's already happening. Okay. Um, shout out to my bro, my brother, Brian Vaughn, Farzad, downtown, Stephanie Brown, Allison Clinton rack, Pia woman. She liked when I sang that last week. Um, Rayleigh eight, Elaine, Tybee, Tybee, uh, uh, Debbie Cartellatini. I think I said it really perfectly that time. Did I say that right? Cartellatini. Yep, that's it. Richie Beatty in the UK. Misty Diane, Colleen Hickey, Heather Armstrong, Heather Crumpler, Starwire, Daniel Kelly, Lee, um, John McDougal, Stephen Hart, <clears throat> and Ed Venus, the penis. Okay, let's see. Moving on. So I have an article to read. Oh my gosh, I'm going to make this last for 15 more minutes. I'm not going to be able to talk. Maybe I'm, I'm through the worst of it. I don't know. Cause now I feel like I'm getting a little bit more like clarity. Maybe I'm over that hump. I don't know. Benny, what do you think? Wow. I do feel like I'm sort of out of it a little bit or back to normal a little bit. I don't know. Anyways, this article is from very well health. Um, and I'll put the link in my, um, show description, but it's called what is a functional cure for HIV? And I know every time people hear the word cure for HIV, they think it means eliminating it from someone's body a hundred percent. 
But that's why I wanted to read this article, because I don't think people understand what it means when they say functional cure. So um, <clears throat> this is a really long article. I don't know how much of it I'm going to read, but I want to start with this one. It says, when most people talk about a cure for HIV, they generally imagine a drug or vaccine that would remove all traces of the virus from the body, referred to as a sterilizing cure. So it's a functional cure is very different than a sterilizing cure. So sterilizing means they'd come up with some way to completely rid of it, be rid of it in your body. Okay, that makes sense. However, as scientists better understand how HIV infiltrates tissues and cells, a sterilizing cure is not only considered more difficult to achieve, but to some, it is highly unlikely, at least for the foreseeable future. Oh my God, Sky, stop. He's trying to hump Benny. Okay, so... Um, that was important to me. Sorry. A sterilizing cure is not only considered more difficult to achieve, but to some is highly unlikely, at least for the foreseeable future, which that's what I'm always saying. Like, yeah, right. They're not going to come up with a cure for this to be out of your body. It's a virus. I don't think that's even possible. Like I always said, where's the cure for herpes? Like where's the cure for the common cold? And they're going to get rid of this out of our body. I don't think so. So in response, much of the current research has been focused on a functional cure for HIV. Instead of eradicating the virus, a functional cure, this is very interesting, would aim to suppress viral activity to levels where it cannot cause the body any harm and do so without the ongoing use of drugs. So they're, I don't know how they would achieve this. Let's keep reading. Hopefully they'll explain it. Um, it says, at its heart, a functional cure aims to replicate the mechanisms that protect elite controllers. Okay, so elite controllers. Yeah, it says it here. People with HIV. Oh my God, hello. People with HIV who experience... <laughs> No, I'm going to start laughing. No disease. <laughs> i got to read that again. People with HIV. God, it's not funny, Jennifer. Um, people with HIV who experience. <laughs> I never normally laugh with pot. I never did, Benny. And now it seems really funny. Um, <clears throat> elite controllers are people who, with HIV who experience no disease progression. There's no reason for me to laugh about this, but... <laughs> It's really funny all of a sudden, and I don't know why. Oh my god, I still have more of the sense to read. Okay, from developing... <laughs> I may have to just end this and then go back tomorrow and go, I'm really sorry. I am going to try to get through the whole thing and end this on my own. Okay, so, um, sorry, we're going to start over. <laughs> oh no, it's not funny, it's not funny, just read it. Okay. At its heart, a functional cure aims to replicate the mechanisms. <laughs> oh my god, I can't do it. I can't do it, shit. Um, that replicate... Uh, no. <laughs> I'm a mess. I'm a mess. I'm officially a mess. Oh my god. Oh, I just really wanted to read this article. <laughs> I don't know that I can now. Okay. Yeah, so elite controllers, I'm not one of them. Otherwise, I wouldn't have to take medication. They basically can keep the, the virus from developing um, into anything that would create symptomatic um, disease, which is AIDS. Okay, so yeah, I'm not an elite controller, but um, they're going to try to find a rep they're going to try to find a way to replicate the mechanisms. 
Um, so I don't know how they're doing that, but most scientists believe that this now is not funny, but the sentence before it was really funny. I don't know why. Most, sen sci most sentences, most scientists believe that a functional cure will require a multi-pronged approach, approach to not only extract the virus from tissues and cells where it is embedded, but also <laughs> to spur the immune system to better fight and control the infection. I don't know what I'm reading anymore. Oh my God. Okay. So it's going to be a multi-prong approach. It sounds like it's complicated. A functional cure. Okay. Here, this is important. A functional cure would not eradicate the virus, but rather enable the body to stop HIV from proliferating without the need for further treatment. So somehow they would make my body, um, eradicate the virus and, um, without, I don't know, they have to give you some kind of treatment to make that happen. I would think they have to do something to make your body eradicate it. So I don't know how they're doing that. They don't explain it. All right. Goals and challenges. I don't know if I've read too much of this on my own, so I might not read all this. There is no consensus on how a functional cure might work. Oh, this is great. So, okay. All the people that come to me say, but what about a function functional cure? Well, well, here it is. Um, apparently there is no consensus on how it might even work. And there are enormous gaps, it says in science to be filled before one can be fully realized. With that said, there are several approaches that scientists are actively pursuing as well as key challenges they have yet to overcome. So that does not sound promising to me on the functional cure, which we know the sterilizing one is never happening, but, um, uh, immuno Im immunologic control. Elite controllers, also known as long-term non-progressors, account for less than 1% of people living with HIV. Less than 1%. That's very, well, I don't know. It's not a lot of people. I mean, you know, in comparison to a lot of things. Um, they have a, they have built-in immune mechanisms that manage to keep the virus under control without antiretroviral drugs. Some, in fact, have lived with the virus for more than 30 years with no signs of disease progression. So, you know, there are people out there with HIV who are um, elite controllers and they don't ever have to be on medication. It never affects them. For some reason, their body found a way to um, manage the virus. So, I can't believe I just said all that. That was pretty good. Um, there are many mechanisms that contribute um, under the circumstances. That's what I mean. Um, the, that contribute to this effect. But one that is of special interest involves a unique body of proteins called, oh boy, broadly neutralizing antibodies. B and then NA and then BS. This is a rare type of antibody that can neutralize the multitude of HIV variants that exist within a single viral population. I don't know what that means. Among the antibodies under investigation, oh, and there's a bunch of like VRCO1, VRCO2, there's a bunch here, uh, which were identified in several elite controllers back in the early 2010s and have proven to neutralize 50% of HIV variants on their own. 90%, sorry. Yeah, 50 would have not been good. 90%. So while scientists are exploring ways to stimulate the immune system to produce these and other um, NB, N, no, sorry, BNABSs, I don't know. I don't know how to say that. Uh, results thus far have fallen short. And non-elite progressors, that would be me. Any attempt to stimulate an individual, individual N, 
if I keep saying that, B and AB is typically met with a contradictory response in which the immune system will reboot the antibody production to restore homeostasis and establish state of equilibrium. Okay, until this very, I, I wish I could comment further on that, but I don't know what I just read. It will take me 10 more minutes. So I'm just going to keep reading because I can read. I can keep doing that. That seems to work. Okay. Until this barrier is overcome, scientists will be hard pressed to mimic the natural t defenses afforded to elite controllers. Wait, until this bar bar barrier is overcome, scientists will be hard pressed to mimic. They'll be, okay, let's repeat that. They'll be hard pressed to mimic the natural defenses afforded to elite controllers. So they haven't even started work on that yet. So I, again, I don't know. I really hate to be a pessimist, but when it comes to an HIV cure, I'm not, I'm not thinking this is going to happen. Let's see. Do I need to say anything else on this page? If a person on ARVs suddenly stops treatment, these reservoirs can suddenly activate and release new viruses into circulation, causing a viral rebound. And I've, you know, I've always say that, that, you know, if you stop medication, of course, the virus would wake up and it would start multiplying and it would eventually affect your immune system again. Same thing. Because the virus is hidden within cells and tissues as a provirus replicating silently in landem l-e-l oh it does say tandem oh my gosh i'm trying to tell you the word the word is landem like i'm i'm trying to believe it myself oh my god i was about to spell it to you landem as if that's a freaking word okay replicating silently in tandem i'm in a dark closet i cannot see that well i don't have glasses on right now uh with the host this BNABS thing cannot actively target them for neutralization. It is only when they are released from these reservoirs that that BNABS or some other agent can act. Yeah, I can't, I can't comment more on that. Oh, oh, this, I did want to mention this. Many scientists can contend that some form of kick kill, AKA shock kill strategy um, I talked about that recently, is needed to render a functional cure. This is a strategy in which uh, latency, oh God, boy, hold on, latency <laughs> reversing drugs are used to purge the reservoirs. Okay, right? So they're trying to get all the particles out of the reservoirs. I always think of that little cannoli in a cell. I don't know why. After which another agent or agents provide viral control and prevents the establishment of new reservoirs. Okay, so that's the like pull them out of the reservoirs and kill them, zap them, kick and kill shock and kill, whatever. Scientists know that the reservoirs can be cleared based on the Berlin patient case in which an American living in Germany experienced complete viral clearance after undergoing an experimental stem cell transplant. Even so, that procedure is considered too risky to be a viable option. Of course, yeah, he, he had leukemia. He had a stem cell transplant. Apparently, the person that was the donator had the the blood type or the cell type or the gene type where they didn't um, have the possibility of ever contracting HIV because they, it's a like, like, I don't know, less than 2% of European men have this genetic advantage for HIV. And um, anyways, apparently that's the, that was the, what do you call it? What's the stuff inside the, the bone marrow that they got from the donor. Um, he was of that descent. And so the, um, 
Uh, my Berlin patient friend name is, oh gosh, Timothy, um, Timothy Brown. So Timothy Ray Brown. So he, um, mm, what was I going to say? Yeah. Basically he has, he had that guy's, um, um, blood. Uh, nope. He had that guy's, hold on. I have so many missing thoughts right now. Bone marrow, and then when they replace it, then you make new blood with that, and of course, it's not going to be the old blood that had HIV. So, um, yeah, that's a risky. Uh, it's not. It's not um, practical at all for the masses. So, what did I want to say about that though? Um, uh, yeah, I don't know if his reservoirs were cleared. That's what I was going to say, Timothy Ray Brown. I feel like he got a stem cell transplant, and I really, oh, I thought it was, I think it's bone marrow too. I was almost positive, but maybe not. I don't know. I'm confused about the, um, clearing the, I, I thought it was all based on this donor that didn't have HIV and didn't have the capability of having HIV. That's why I thought he was cured because of that. And it's looking like this is talking about something that was cleared from his, the reservoirs in his blood cells, which to me, that's two different things. Okay. Um, let's see what else. Immune exhaustion. I'm not going to go into that. Is a functional cure the answer? As ideal as it may seem to have a natural defense to HIV, there are challenges that even elite controllers face. Even if the virus is naturally suppressed by the immune system, it is still there, actively generating low-level inflammation. So studies have shown that over time, this can trigger the early onset of heart diseases, including arthrosclerosis and hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, thickening of the heart muscles. Uh, other studies have shown that elite controllers have just as many hospitalizations as their non-elite controller counter counterparts and are more likely to experience heart diseases than people on fully suppressed antiretroviral therapy. As a result, many researchers endorse the use of uh, antiretroviral therapy in elite controllers. Wait, as a result, many researchers endorse the use of ARVs in elite controllers, not to prevent HIV-related diseases, but rather non-HIV-related diseases, apparently because they're at higher risk for what I just said, heart diseases, and um, I guess that was it, heart disease. Okay, so they're basically saying even if you're an elite controller, it's best that you're on um, ARVs because it prevents um, other non-HIV-related conditions. So Given that non-HIV-related diseases, namely cardiovascular disease, cancers, and liver disease are today the leading causes of death in people with HIV, it's unclear whether mimicking elite control should be the ultimate goal. So until scientists are better able to answer these and other questions, the best thing to do is stay the course and adhere to ARV treatment that have not only increased life expectancy to near normal levels, but have reduced the incidence of severe HIV-related and non-HIV-related illnesses by 61%. Take your pill every day. It's very, very important for all of those reasons. Did you get that? It's not only increased life expectancy for people because they're taking their medication now and they're viral levels are undetectable, but it's also reduced the incidence of severe HIV-related and non-HIV-related illnesses by 61%. It's amazing. 
And that's all based on medication that's available to us. That <laughs> I was just having my other thought about there being a cure and that there probably will never be one because of the medication that's available to us because we need it and pharma companies make money off it. So I don't think that that's probably ever going to change. I should not laugh about it, but it seems like um, I'm a little stoned. So it, that's my excuse. Okay. Um, let's see where we are because I'm having trouble concentrating. Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh, that's good. I, I talked for 20 more minutes, Benny and Olive. Oh my gosh. I, uh, I hope I'm not going to regret this. I'm not really going to edit any of it because I want you guys to hear my, um, my goof ups because, um, I usually take those out, but in this case, oh, that's, that scared me. I feel like my brain just fell asleep and that just scared the crap out of me. I just, um, matched with Sean on hinge. Shall we look together? Let's see. Let's see what, what Sean is all about. I feel so bad because what they do is, oh no, I just went on Tinder. That was a mistake. Let's go to, let's go to Hinge. Oh, wow. He's cute. I'm like, I see a shiny toy and I'm not even looking at what I wanted to look at. Okay. Let's see. Let's see what it looks like. Oh, oh, sorry. You guys are not my type. I'm sorry. You like my, I feel really bad. Like he, like so-and-so liked your picture and then I'm, oh, that's a nice picture. Actually, that's Oh, you got nice teeth. Anyways, um, and then you just like hit the X. So it's like, oh, I, th I feel like I'm punching them when I do that. They don't know. I mean, I'm sure they, there's no way they can check. For all they know, I just haven't gone on my phone. But I know that I've hit the X and it's like, you're just, it's just rejection. I feel, I don't like rejecting anyone. And um, because, you know, no one likes to be rejected. So... Anyways, okay, I am going to go because I cannot function and um, I'm like so out of it. I, can't, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I think I did pretty well though, but yeah, um, I'm not going to do this again. <laughs> this was the one and only time. Okay, um, yeah, I'm going to sleep awesome tonight for sure. But first, I think I'm going to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because it sounds so good. That's it, guys have a great week. Um, if you take an edible, make sure you don't drive. Really, you shouldn't even leave the house. Just do it at night and then go to bed and then everybody's safe. All right. Okay, guys, that's my advice for the week. Edibles at home. All right. Love you guys. Bye now. There's the boy. Welcome. I messed it up. Joey gets so mad. I keep messing it up. I'm just like in there. Oh my God. All right. I'm out of here. Bye. If you'd like to be notified for any of my upcoming podcasts, be sure to subscribe. If you'd like to help this girl out, then please rate, review, and share my show. Thanks, guys.